0: Thanks for joining us for Episode 3 of Season 5 of Couples, Inc., a place where we help couples work better together.
1: The first and third Wednesday of each month, we drop episodes with advice, tips, and real-world experience for partnering in business and life.
0: I'm Glenn, business owner and communication strategist, and when I was a kid, we lived just a stone's throw from a family who all died of mysterious head injuries.
1: I was just going to ask you, how did you know it was a stone's throw? Oh, my God, that's hilarious. It wasn't
0: hard to tell after a little while. I mean, the police found out about it. it Eventually, solve the they mystery. solved
1: the mystery. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's funny. I'm Jody, Glenn's partner in life and business, and one day I hope to have the same level of confidence and optimism as a person who labels a file final. Final version, final copy, <laughs> the approved, final. Because there's always just that one more change. It's like
0: colombo isn't it?
1: Yeah, one it's, more, it's, it's just one more little change. One more.
0: <laughs> On today's show, we discuss the work version of long languages and interview Pat Schobert about
1: long languages. I had a typo. <laughs>
0: awesome. Oh, long languages. That sounds like something in your... Work
1: version of love languages, okay.
0: On today's show, we discuss the work version of love languages and interview Pat Schobert about content marketing.
1: And then at the end of the show, we've got another fun quiz, and I think it's a this or that. Yeah, we do. It's either hot sauce or a B-movie title. Let's get started with episode three of season five of Couples, Inc. our topic, um, Glenn and I discussed the concept of love languages back in episode three of season two.
0: Or long languages. Or
1: long languages. Yeah, I had a typo and he originally was reading long languages, yes. but love languages. And the concept behind that is to identify how you express and receive love. Knowing this, you can better understand your partner and, and maybe avoid a disconnect. Yes. A good example of this is if your love language is gift giving. And your partner's love language is time together. And you shower them with gifts, but don't give them time. They don't feel loved. And you feel misunderstood because you're expressing love. AKA rude. Or rude, yeah. yeah. No, it, I mean, it's it's a way to hopefully, like when we took the test ourselves, we matched. Um, I think there are like, like five of them. And I think we ended up with like four um, all being in the exact same order. I think one might've been like a swip swap. But it's... If you understand, maybe you have different love languages, you might change some things. Or if you have the same, it just works really well. Um, but we thought, okay, that's an interesting concept. Um, the various love languages are, if I'm remembering this correctly, for the traditional love language is acts of service, quality time, words of affirmation, physical touch, and gifts. So there's like yes. five of them. Yes. And I thought, well... Okay, that's interesting for the love world. What if we came up with our own version of like, and I'm trying to figure out what, what the title would be. We've talked about work language, work love language, labor language was one we thought about, but that kind of sounds like...
0: A <laughs> <laughs> pregnant woman. Yeah, just yelling. <laughs> yelling at her. Yes, at her baby. That
1: day. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure, you know, you were in the... Delivery room. I'm sure you heard a lot of labor oh, no. language that just burned yeah, it, your ears. What ear.
0: happens in LDR stays in
1: LDR. <laughs> exactly. So we're going to have to workshop what the title is. But our thought is there in that what if you uh, express your dedication to your job or your interest in a different way than your partner? That may be a great way in business where it might not be as good in romance because you yeah. balance each other. But can you marry your business? I mean,
0: you is, could, there, is there a law in the books for that?
1: I don't. I don't think it's allowed. But I think a lot of people feel like the time they've dedicated to it, it's probably not a marriage as much as it's a child.
0: Well, I want to be a sovereign worker citizen, and so that's something that I can practice. <laughs> is <the> marriage <laughs> to, marry your to work? Business. Yes, I can.
1: No. Um, all right. So the idea: different couples or different people express different ideas at work. And we came up with four of them, and let's we'll talk list them all and then we'll kind of talk about how they apply to the work world. And like I said, in the relationship world, having compatible or the same love language is a great thing. Oh yeah. in work, I think it's it's not a bad thing to have opposites or complementary. Um, in terms of your work language, yeah, the complementary set of skills. Yeah, so we've come up with four. Uh, one, time. This is the kind of person who focuses on timelines, deadlines, um, productivity, very much like in the zone. And I think that is one of
0: your work oh, languages. Yeah. Oh, it's
1: definitely. It you know, is
0: definitely a Jody work language. Sure. Scheduling. Oh, yeah. That's something that you love to do along with planning. Mm-hmm. You like to set a timetable, you've got itineraries, you have agendas, you
1: have plans. <laughs> Post-it notes, not a sponsor. Yeah. Um I think with the time factor for me, it's not that I don't care about other aspects. And we'll talk about this in a second, but like quality. I don't it's not that I don't care about quality. Missing a deadline really bothers me. And my Work language is focused on, let's get the job done. It may be because of my, you know, some a bit of OCD or that I started out in radio. And if you didn't get, you know, if you didn't have the story when the news went on, it didn't go on. It was I mean, the
0: end of everything. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So time is one of them. Money is another way someone might express their interest and dedication to work. They're focused on budgets, bottom lines, um, pricing, just numbers in general.
0: Yeah, and you take care of ours. Mm-hmm. It's not because you love it necessarily so much, uh, but because, for one thing, I screw it up so badly. <laughs> and But I really do appreciate, all joking aside, I appreciate you doing that so much. Well, but it's not, it's not it something
1: that I love. It is like, if I were to rank this, it's number four.
0: And we do outsource some of this Mm -hmm. uh, for
1: tax purposes. Yeah, for tax purposes, we do (laughs) form out and also to expertise. But there are people who this is their work language, ideas, the person who's focused on creativity and quality. And that's a little bit more in your realm. It's not that I don't love creativity, not that I don't love quality. Um, That's probably, I guess, it's in my top three of the four. It's just – it really does not – I don't like for us to miss a a deadline. I'd rather have a decent product on time than a perfect thing that misses a deadline or letting perfect get in the way of progress. Be the enemy of good. Yeah, but you need a balance with that. You want someone like yourself who's going to say, let's stop. This is not a strong enough idea. So it's a good balance. And this is the case I'm saying like, okay, if creativity and quality is a little bit more of your top love language and deadlines are mine, we kind of pair really well. Mm -hmm. And then I I keep us organized, keep us on track, get us getting this stuff done. And you focus on, you know, fine-tuning some things, making sure that, sure, this particular thing could go out, but is that the right tone or voice for our client? So ideas. Yeah. And then relationships, and that's pe- you know focused on people and connections. I think if you're in a sales position or PR or something like that, that's a pretty good indication that you're in the right right world. If if relationships and building relationships really jazzes you in the workplace. So again, time, money, ideas, and relationships. We call it teamer. Teamer. Well, I guess yeah, we didn't really. I guess we could, like, okay, uh, rim to Trim, trim. Trim, yes. Uh, almost mirth. if Well, no, that's with a Y, isn't it? Mirth. N- no, with an H. Oh, well, we yeah, we need, I mirth. mean, on, with the H, we have, have to come up with an H thing then.
0: Yeah, horror.
1: Or I was going to go with happiness. See, that's a different... Wow. Uh- <laughs> Totally.
0: Yeah, I think we if happiness a, is your
1: love we have language, definitely split there. We need to work on. So again, time, money, ideas, relationships. It's not. It's kind of like with love language. It's not that we don't care about, like, the others. You know, it's not one at the expense of the others. Maybe it's good that time is my jam. I mean, I love productivity. I like to organize and get a schedule and timelines and things like that. That works really well. And like I said, with your creativity, it's the way you express yourself and it is not that you don't that you ignore deadlines or that you don't care about relationships. No,
0: not at all. But I want to go back and push back a little bit on this. I think that's a split. What do you mean? For both of us, the creativity mm-hmm. I, I view you as my creative peer. Mm-hmm. So when we're together creating something, I feel like that we're bringing more. We're the Beatles. We, there's more to us together than there is apart. Aw. So, our, no, I, disregard our solo albums, everybody. It's <laughs> so, it's the group. We're coming that back counts. together. We're going
1: back on tour. Yeah. The thing that sometimes bothers me is when people don't appreciate what someone is bringing to the table. It's kind of like when we talked to Catherine a few episodes ago about leadership styles. Is recognizing yeah. there can be leadership. If someone is worried or focused on the budget, doesn't mean they're not a creative individual or they don't care about this, but that's a valuable part of your team. You know, I talked about relationships with sales. Sometimes with sales, numbers are a driving force. It's a motivator for them, and they really enjoy working. It's not that they're greedy, but it helps them because they need that measuring component.
0: And I do think for couples that own a business together, the relationships thing really comes more into the fore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whether or not they're involved in a sales call or some sort of a pitch to a prospect or something like that, it's almost cooked into the, the whole thing of business ownership. Yeah. Those relationships that you form, not just with your clients and your customers or prospects, but also with your team, the people that are in your business, those are all critical. And you have to focus on each one of them and, I guess, cultivate each one of them, uh, you know, to, to make the whole thing run, to make mm-hmm. the the wheels turn.
1: Do you think that there are some, sometimes that like there may be a member, you know, in your, if you're in a couple, that the one person who maybe relationships really do inspire them, are they the ones you think should take the lead on like motivation, hiring, and team building kind of thing.
0: Maybe initially. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that you can grow into over time. Most of the couples that go into business together do so because one or both of them does something extremely well.
1: Right. And
0: that's what they want to focus on. And maybe they haven't had entrepreneurial experience before beyond maybe a secondary contact like somebody in their family, one of their parents or both their parents. So this is their first go round, And it's it's almost something that you can pick up i guess on the fly but if one of you is better at doing it than the other the other should go ahead and learn mm-hmm. from from that example
1: you know i was just it is interesting because if you were to ask me my work language when i was working for someone else like when i was a copywriter in the ad world it would by far be ideas I would mm. often be the one to push and say, okay, we we get an extension. I can see that. And I definitely yeah. didn't care about budgets. In fact, I got into a little trouble because I was like so excited about a project. This, I had just started this agency job, and I didn't go through their particular process. And the CFO was very upset because it was going to go against the, the approved and agreed upon budget that we had with the client. We'd have to go through a change order, all that kind of stuff. And I was completely unaware of that.
0: I think the economy of the U.S. is just now recovering from that.
1: Looking back, I was like resentful of that, but I'm appreciative as a business owner now Because I'm like, okay, somebody was watching out because you've got to pay attention to budgets and you've got to pay attention to those numbers. I was glad somebody was doing that. And then we've had to take on that role. So it may not be our natural work language when we start out. You know, like there are people who are not relationship people. Mm -hmm. When they own a business, they kind of have to start flexing that muscle and that becomes another one of their languages, their work language. So if you were to ask past Glenn... What do you think your work language would have been, say, when you were um, doing radio or audio production, or just pick any of your random jobs from, you know, working in a boat dock to catching chickens to, you know, working on a road crew?
0: Well, let's focus on more recent recent. experience, I think, because the others have been so long ago that I don't really remember what those languages were. And you hadn't
1: formed your language at that point? Not so much, no. (laughs) So, yeah, so... As a uh, production
0: person. Right. Um, I think that creativity was the primary driver in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the tools all at your disposal and the way to make something really out of nothing. And something that was of value to the client mm-hmm. and to make sure that that was uh, produced in a timely fashion and all of that. So time was kind time, of a secondary I was say, uh, constraint. I would, have guessed,
1: I would have guessed time when you were, well, in this case, when you were doing creative work for clients. When you were the production director at a radio station, I would think time would have been much more. It
0: was a little bit different. And I learned uh, after I'd been there for a little bit that that was going to be one of the kind of things that pulled up even with the creative
1: process. Yeah. So I think in this case, work language, it's hard to find just one. Like with love language, we can kind of say, oh, yeah, that we definitely are. If someone is definitely into gift giving, That's their love language. With work language, I think you kind of find of these four, and there may be countless others um, that you can come up with, you might pick two. And I think you're right. In my case, time and ideas are really big. Um, The financial and relationships are still important, Mm -hmm. but they're not my natural. I mean, relationships is somewhat of my natural um, inclination. So I do enjoy that. Yeah. But I I think that because of my work experience in the past, creativity, I don't know. I mean, I feel like those are kind of like neck and neck.
0: Well, you're really good at relationship building mm-hmm. and relationship maintenance, believe it or not.
1: it's It's hard to find sometimes just one when it comes to work. And yeah. if I were to look at these four things, time, money, ideas, relationships, for you, again, we talked about you are definitely in the ideas world. What do you think is your like secondary or coming up like neck and neck with the, this thing? Do you think it's time or?
0: Mm-mm. No, I think for me, it's relationships.
1: Yeah, so your relationships as well. Yeah,
0: just at the same time that I was learning uh, in the supervisory position, how to manage time along with ideas, mm-hmm. I learned what not to do when you were trying to relate with or work with other people.
1: Was this a th- the throwing rock thing? <laughs> were you throwing rocks then too? <laughs> well,
0: I, my advisors and <laughs> attorneys have told me not to be talking about that too much. No,
1: but, what do you mean by like you couldn't, you had like a negative, like, yeah, was and, it motivating people?
0: No, not so much because that really wasn't what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Although I did try to teach people how to use the equipment or processes that would make uh, their work with it more efficient. It was more like the people that were my peers in different departments that were there. Mm-hmm. And the people that I worked with every day, uh, I kind of took for granted at first that they knew what I knew.
1: Oh. I didn't know what they didn't know. Right, right. And
0: I thought that they would understand if I told them that this project won't be ready until such and such a date when they needed it sooner. And, you know, it was really hard for me to compromise that and to realize that we're all pulling for the same thing. It's focused on results.
1: And then you learned you need to build a relationship with these people that you work with and communicate. Yeah, one that finds that common ground. Yeah, I think it is very interesting. And you mentioned that we we do farm out when it comes to the money. Yes, we are we do send out our own invoices, and you know we manage those things. But when it comes obviously to tax stuff, and our accountant takes care of everything each month in terms of all that, that is definitely someone else's you know world. Yeah. Um. And we just push ourselves when we need to manage budgets and work with numbers. But yeah, if you if it's not your natural language, not your natural expression or what you your default when it comes to how you work. You've either got to learn it, farm it out, or hire, I guess.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's right. And really, if you're an entrepreneur, uh, I think all four of these need to be incorporated mm-hmm. into what your work language becomes and what the core of what you do uh, becomes every day.
1: Yeah, it is important to, yeah, to make sure you cover all of the bases and to value that, not just with other people, because sometimes I think people devalue certain jobs in a company or certain roles, because they don't feel like it's as fun. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're the money person, well, you're not as fun as the idea people. Or if you're the relationship person, well, you don't, you know, need to, you don't care about the time. I think those are all very important. And you kind of need to express yourself in all of those um. Those aspects as a business owner. And I think not only respecting other people who do it, but saying, you know what? I think it's an, this is important. I'm going to need to set aside time to do these things. If we don't allow ourselves time to grow and learn these ideas about time management or about relationship building, we're not going to be a success.
0: Speaking of time management, I think this segment.
1: Oh, our time is up. Is But was it quality?
0: In our interview segment, we talk with Pat Schobert about content marketing for small business. Pat, can you tell me what content marketing is and why it's important for small business owners?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So content marketing is, in simplest terms, the practice of creating content to support your marketing strategies. Um, in, in simplest terms, I call myself a writer with strategy. So really though, all of us are content marketers without realizing it. Anytime we create any sort of promotional content is content marketing. So when you go out networking and the next day you post a selfie, to LinkedIn that you took with a few friends that you made there, that's content marketing. So every time you're on LinkedIn or on Facebook talking about your business, every time you publish a new blog post or have a new press release go out, all of that falls under content marketing. And under the right content strategy, this can have a really powerful impact on your business.
1: So you mentioned content strategy. What are some examples of content marketing and how they tie into a strategy? What should be top of mind when people are thinking, hey, I need to start doing content marketing for my business. What are some examples you think might help get them started?
2: Yeah, so content marketing is made up of a bunch of individual assets that you create. And the strategy is everything that goes into tying those assets together and getting them out in front of people. So let's say you are the number one uh, seller of widgets in the United States and you create a blog post about your widgets. Well, um, it's great that you created a blog post and it's great if it's optimized for search so that people find it uh, when they're Googling for new widgets but that's not always the best way to get it out there that's not the only way that you can get your new blog post out right so we have to figure out okay how do we distribute this piece of content how do we get it out on social media how do we get our partners to share it on their social media channels how do we share it through our email channels and to our email subscribers. Maybe there was some original research in the blog post that we did that maybe warrants some sort of press release. All of these different factors that go into promoting that content then is a part of a larger strategy that works toward an end goal of you know, potentially increased sales or increased impressions or whatever our goal is for that, that campaign or our overall uh, company.
1: I love that you were talking about that because I've read in the past, you know, people talking about content marketing and sometimes it just stops and starts and stops with the content itself. And the fact that you're saying, no, that is just one component is really good. Cause like having a blog is not the end all be all. Yeah, we're doing content marketing. We have a blog, but you're saying, yeah, that's great. There's more to it. And I, I love that you're talking about making it Strategic and including social, including PR, including all the other aspects.
2: Right, because it's really, you know, it's, it's perfectly fine to, to sit there and shout into the void, but it's a lot more impactful to go up to your target audience and show them what you've created.
1: Also, too, I wonder if there actually is a widget company, because we often use widgets as an example, <laughs> yeah, and I, right. we've got to find a widget company and ask them how they feel about that. Well, I'd be very they curious. They probably
0: would want to cut.
1: They want to cut. I, I don't
0: think we should do that.
1: Wait, I should say widgets, not a sponsor. Yeah, okay.
0: we yeah. should just wait for the cease and desist, right? <laughs> Pat, what do you say to business owners who may be thinking that their company just isn't interesting enough to have a content marketing strategy that, you know, uh, the typical business owner may be going about their business day or their week and they don't realize what they don't realize about their company. What could they possibly blog about?
2: Right. Uh, That I, when I, when when you first asked that, I kind of chuckled a little bit. There, there are three things that I think are important to keep in mind. It's not about being interesting it's about providing value during the buyer's journey. It, it's awesome if you are creating the next super sexy electric vehicle to compete with Tesla, or if you know, you're know you doing skydiving trips for uh, seven figure uh, professionals. Um, all of these things are really flashy, but there are a lot of businesses that are necessary to create the boring widgets of the world, right? And there are people that need those widgets as dull as they might be. And it's not about being interesting, it's about providing value during the buyer's journey so that people learn to learn, like, and trust you and feel comfortable buying from you. The second point is um, if you already have customers and you already have a devoted following, if you have a devoted customer base who comes back time and time again, you're already interesting. You already know that you can build a customer base. Um, And then the other thing I say is that content marketing I think is intimidating because there are so many pieces involved and there, there can be so many pieces involved and there's no one size fits all, there's no one perfect silver bullet that's gonna be the right fit for everybody. But the nice thing about it is for small businesses that don't have a big ad budget, content marketing is quote unquote free. If you're doing it yourself, All it really takes is the strategy and time. And so it can be a really valuable long-term strategy to build up some traction online uh, and build an audience um, if you don't have the resources to to pay for paid advertising.
1: Yeah, and uh, this is good for us to know that, Glenn, you don't have to be interesting.
0: When we're doing, (laughs) yeah. Why change now? That's that's guided. That's guided everything so far. You're
1: very very interesting. Okay, so where, like, okay, I'm a small business. Never did content marketing, or if I am doing it, I'm not. You know, really strategic. Where do I start? Where What would you say is the best piece of advice for someone who is interested in getting started in content marketing? Where do they Where do they go first?
2: Well, we we start at the end, right? We we figure out what are our goals here and then we can start to kind of piece together the matrix <clears throat> to to reach those goals. So I think the first first two steps are to have a clear strategy for success and then look at what other companies are doing that are have been successful before you with content marketing. And that doesn't necessarily mean somebody in your industry. A lot of time a lot of times we'll talk to companies that are in like a really weird niche and the other companies aren't doing a great job. And so they aren't great to look at as an example of success. I I was talking to a notary business recently in Pittsburgh and the local notaries that they're in competition with have a not great online presence. Their websites don't look great. Their social media channels are kind of hacked together. Um, They don't have really great branding. It's not ideal for them to go and emulate the the best notary in Pittsburgh if they're not even doing a great job. So it's really important to make sure that we study other industries and other companies that are successful so that we can take cues from them and uh, you know hit something out of the park.
1: Yeah. And the fact that you were talking about starting with the end in mind, it's it isn't really, okay, our goal isn't to create content. Our goal is to, as you mentioned, guide someone on the buyer's journey. And right. see you as a trusted source. The world runs on notaries, on document storage companies, on concrete businesses, on all these accounting. Again, nothing wrong with any of these things, they're, but they're not like going to get, you know, people like, oh, yeah, this is exciting stuff. And I'm definitely going to watch a YouTube of this unless they are interested in that particular thing, and that's actually ideal because that's the person you want that on that buyer's journey. So it is interesting that um, content doesn't have to just be the fun, innovative, new tech pro- you know project. It could be a basic business or a regular business that just needs to provide information.
2: Exactly, and you know, in, in my previous life, I worked as a, a journalist um, in the accounting realm. And we used to read these like 200 paid reports that these huge accounting houses would put out every year. There was nothing exciting about them at all. But what they would get were journalists like me that would cover that piece of content extensively and cite back to them, because it, you know, it was a bunch of great data. And so we would cover that, we would get that in front of our readers. And that was huge for these these companies because they were getting, they had a piece of content, they were marketing it, and then other people were sharing it and their name was everywhere, uh, all over the internet and all of these industry publications because they had done the legwork of putting together this large authoritative piece of content. It might not have been the most exciting read in the world, But it's valuable, and it provides a service, and it achieves achieves its objective because of that.
0: Pat, thank you for sharing your information and insights with us, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again real soon. And we'll
1: include a link in our show notes to how to find Poetica Marketing, the company that you own that does uh, content marketing.
2: Thank you so much, guys. It's always a pleasure.
0: Now it's time Ooh. for another quiz, and this time Jody is on the hot seat. Yes, uh, literally be. in
1: this case, right?
0: Yeah, because we're doing a quiz where the answer is either a hot sauce or a B-movie title.
1: Oh my gosh, like the name of a hot sauce?
0: Yeah, I'll give you the name and you have to guess which one it is. Either. So it's an either or. Yeah. Okay, so the it's either a hot, sauce, hot or sauce or the name of a B-movie. Yeah, okay, this and is I've always... got a lot of these. I've got nine of them. Nine? Nine, yeah. Okay, are you going to keep nine? up with...
1: <laughs> are you gonna keep up with um if I went, if I'm getting them right or do I need to? You have to do that. Okay, I'll try to do that. Okay.
0: These are these are way too off the chain for me to keep count. Keep counting numbers. Gotta, right, that's true. Yeah.
1: And that's not your that's not your language. That's no, not my work language. <laughs> work
0: language. Yeah, it's not my job. All right. Okay. Number one. Mm-hmm. The answer is
1: Adobo Loco. Okay, I'm gonna use that hot sauce. You are correct, sir. I That sounds. Adobo v- loco, yeah. Very I, I hot sauce. I haven't
0: tried it. I don't. There are a lot of these hot sauces that I haven't tried. I kind of stick to the main stuff like the. Ketchup. Tabasco. Ketchup, yes. <laughs> That's water. as hot as I get. <laughs> yeah. That,
1: I, I Maybe. A, oh, yeah. mild salsa. Yeah. I do get mild salsa. But, yeah. um, do you have like. What? How is it measured? Like the um, hot, like the, pepper. Oh, the Scoville. Scale. Yeah, do you have those listed up for the? No, oh, I'd no. be curious. Okay,
0: I was lazy on this one. Well, oh, that's
1: okay. Yeah. All right, so one for one. Okay, that was. I felt like that was an easy one. All right, yeah, bring okay. it. Bring it.
0: All right, number two. Mm-hmm. Beginning of the end.
1: Oh, that could be both, um, because de- depending on how hot it is, uh, I'm gonna go with B movie.
0: Yes, it's a B-movie. Of course it is. That's the movie in which Illinois is threatened by giant mutated grasshoppers.
1: (laughs) Were they mutated because they had hot sauce? I don't know. Beginning at the end, I think it would be a good hot sauce name,
0: though. I think it's kind of like what they say about fleas. If you were to put them on the same uh, track and field events with humans, the fleas would just jump skyscraper height and yeah. win every gold medal. I think the gra- giant mutated grasshopper's probably could hop from Illinois to anywhere they want to on earth. So that wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So number 3. Okay. Big meat eater. Ooh. Big meat eater.
1: Uh, B movie? Yes. Hey. The
0: synopsis goes small town butcher hires unusual apprentice. <laughs> Which I think maybe a step removed from Texas Chainsaw or something like that. So these are all going on my watch list, by the way. Oh, uh,
1: yeah. Get the popcorn ready. Netflix is going to say, should we alert the authorities? Are you still watching these movies? Should we alert the authorities?
0: We're going to get canned. Yeah, Yeah, you you guys have to go on a PG list. All right,
1: number four. Okay. Black Scorpion. I'm going to go with Hot sauce. That feels hot saucy. Oh, <gasps> it's
0: there may be a hot sauce named Black Scorpion somewhere, but this one I'm talking about is a movie where giant scorpions try to destroy Mexico City.
1: Oh, my gosh. That should totally be a hot sauce.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah, I think I've seen this movie or maybe parts of it. The, the scorpions <laughs> oh, are kind of like.
1: Is it one of those? Um, oh, science. Uh, wait. Wait.
0: Mystery Science Mystery Theater. Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. Did you think
1: it's you saw it on uh, that? Probably.
0: <laughs> yeah. As big a fan as I am oh. of that. All right. So okay. that's your first one. That's in the negative column. Yeah. Let's get back on track with number five.
1: Okay. Taco Cat. <laughs> okay. If it's not a B movie, I want to see that B movie for <laughs> yes. sure. I definitely want to see that B movie. Sidebar: Have you seen on Instagram? That, you know that tortilla blanket I think my sister yes, has read. okay yes, I seeing know I mean. cats rolled up in in it oh my god they're little it's, kitten burritos oh yeah that's, it's kind of weird but that is almost weird All right. say the name one more time taco cat I love it okay I'm gonna go with hot sauce you're right oh taco but cats but, hot but, sauce. You know, make a note. We need to create a B-movie called Taco Cat. Yeah, if we could get the, the
0: right cat.
1: Yeah, it's you casting know. will be really, really tough.
0: Yeah, they kind of have a mind of their own. They don't take direction well.
1: No. All right, Taco Cat. Okay, number six. All right. Blood Freak. That feels like a B-movie. I'm going to go with movie
0: Yes, it's hey. a B-movie. According to IMDb... In Blood Freak, a biker gets experimental treatments at a turkey farm he's working at, (laughs) not anticipating the disastrous side effects.
1: What could go wrong? I
0: don't know why you couldn't anticipate
1: (gasps) getting a treatment at a turkey farm, because it's so common. Okay, do they have any Mm. sequels, like um, The Last Gobble, or something like that, like... That would be the subtitle. Stop. The last gobble. The final gobble. <sighs> oh, okay, I got the five. The trot. <laughs> <laughs> now I can't, like, if I see something for a turkey trot, like 5K, I'm going to be thinking about this movie. Yes, hopefully. Oh,
2: my God. All okay. Right.
1: Number
0: seven. Okay. Body Melt. Ooh, God, that could totally be both of them. Mm, um, You see that one chip challenge. You know yeah. the videos. It looks like their mouths melt. Well, this could be the you know
1: body the melt ultimate hot sauce. Could be either a hot sauce or a B movie. Um, I'm gonna go with hot sauce. Uh,
0: Sorry, that's oh. a movie.
1: Oh, but it should be a hot sauce. It
0: should be kind of like the
1: Taco Cat. We gotta we gotta talk not, to these people in both scorpion. industries.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, in uh, body melt, the peaceful town of Holmesville. <laughs> Holmesville. That's the name of the town. The <laughs> residents of Holmesville In become... In town USA. Yes. The residents of Holmesville become unwitting test subjects for a new body drug
1: that causes skin to melt. Where did you find all these movies? And why are they all about test subjects stuff? Well, it's <laughs> and stuff? just kind of the way B movies are. That's true. That is true.
0: Number eight. I'm going to have trouble with this name, so I'm going to pronounce it a couple of different ways. Okay. L. Yucateco or El Yucateco. Okay. Or El Yucateco. <laughs> okay. El uh,
1: Yucateco. El Yucateco. I'm going to go with hot sauce.
0: From the hot sauce it came. You are correct.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yes. Although that could be a creature in a B movie. Mm hmm. And then you could do son of El Yucateco. El Yucateco. It Bride could also be, of Lucreto, you know a ZZ
0: Top album title too.
1: That is true. That's a whole other category. All right, I've, so far I've got six correct, right. so I'm doing pretty good. Right. And we've come up with some great ideas.
0: Yeah, ninth and final on the list. All right, Buddhist fist.
1: Okay, that could be both, but I'm gonna go Buddhist fist. With hot sauce?
0: That would make a terrific hot sauce name, but no. Ah. No, it's a movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Okay. In Buddhist Fist, barber and kung fu fighter Shang, because those two go together so well. Wait, he's a barber? He's a barber and a kung fu fighter. Like, so
1: barber by day, kung fu fighter by night, or it doesn't still worker by day, dancer by night. hair at night. You know,
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, Shang tries to exonerate a friend. Who was framed for murder?
1: <gasps> dun dun duh, mm. huh? I was thinking like Buddhist fists, like would be like the way the hot sauce punches you. Yeah. But well, it doesn't really
0: sound like it has anything to do with Buddhist or Buddhism,
1: or or hot sauce for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but so it sounds like a,
1: a flurry of fists for sure. It does. All right, so. Did I win? How did you do? I did six out of nine. So six I think that's, nine, yeah, yeah, I think that's good. But I think really the world has won with such a collection of great hot sauces and B-movies.
0: Yeah, and we can encourage people to be a body melt and blood freak with a Buddhist fist.
1: Thanks for listening to Couples, Inc., a podcast helping couples work better together.
0: We put out new episodes the first and third Wednesday of each month. But to make sure you don't miss a show, subscribe using your favorite streaming service. We're on all of them.
1: And if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, go ahead, share it with others, post it on social media, or leave us a rating or review.
0: And be sure to visit our website, couplesincpodcast.com, To learn more about us, review show notes, or leave us a message. Until
1: next time.